What time is it? It's time for Ricketts Bursey. This is Wicked Spursy, Mike, Steve, no Dave. Dave is uh, unfortunately unable to join us tonight, but he is, you know, as usual, <laughs> with us in spirit. Sure, he'd rather be wish- with us in spirits. Liquor. Yep. <laughs> Cheers. Much, much better than the uh, work stuff I'm sure he's doing right now, uh, for sure. But uh, Mike, you made it at least. I made it. We're here. You know, the thing is, you know, Steve, that here's the thing. Here's the thing. I, I feel like Dave's Dave's injury woes are uh, are starting to add up. Uh, it seems like he's injured uh, a couple times a year, uh, much like our uh, um, one of our favorite uh, right wing slash. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know what the fuck he's been, but uh, Sessegnon, you know, he's been Sex. injured. He's been injured as much as Sessegnon at this point. Um yeah, I was thinking he's like the the Los Celso of the Wicked Spursy podcast. <laughs> I mean, are we gonna have to start bringing in like uh, maybe uh, you know an, a, a fresh up and coming uh, you know newcomer, um, somebody I, who's maybe very very handsome, uh, tall, uh, blonde, um, or maybe even um, you know maybe somebody who's uh, maybe a little bit pudgy who hits uh, walk off grand slams. Who knows? Who knows? But you know what? Um, our bench is looking uh, a bit thin, you know, for all the uh, hubbub that we get from certain uh, certain individuals wanting to come on again and, and have their guest appearances. Suddenly, when the opportunity is given to them, they're teaching a class and can't make it. You know, it's it's a wonder that he keeps playing in the championship. <laughs> He'll good never... old Nicky Winks. Good old Nicky Winks. He'll never make it to the to the he'll make never make it back to the premier league i guess <clears throat> he did Winksy did score a pretty solid goal I'll give him that okay okay we'll get that to him I, I love when alumni score goals you know yeah, uh, it feels it, good it, it makes you feel good doesn't it um yeah so how how, how have things been going with you for the past week <sighs> they've been good they've been good um granted you know i had a fun conversation with my buddy uh last night was it uh where i, <laughs> I told him like you know it's a good thing that uh i've got tottenham and Ange uh to to bring me some joy during the week because man watching the giants is just misery like that is that is like probably worse than conte ball and Mourinho ball and nuno ball all put together yeah i mean you don't have an italian terrorist as a as a head coach you just have a, a fat no nothing um <laughs> bald fraud a bald fraud yeah he, brian dable um it, my Washington team's the same way, dude. It's like every single year, it's the same exact thing. Uh, last night, I took took my jersey off uh, and I threw it on the ground. Uh, and I said to my wife, um, I'm, I can't do this anymore. Um, I might give it another couple of weeks and see if we can pull out a win. Um, but we have Thanksgiving come on, coming up against the, the hated Dallas Cowboys. Um, but yep. that said, um, for me, my week's been pretty good, man. Um, no school stuff. 
school for the kids, no sports stuff for the kids, just kind of chilling out. My son has um, finally hit that point in his life where he's decided to go with the movie with the movie serial killer uh, costume. Uh, for Hall- what, for Halloween, he, uh, he went with Ghostface. Ghostface, classic. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, uh, and he uh, every uh, every single time I turn around, he's fucking there behind me, sneaks up behind me and scares the shit out of me. And that, that's that's hilarious. Enough. It is it is hilarious because he's very quiet. And you know what he does too? He does that thing uh, where you know in the movie where he. Ghostface like shows up in the window and has the knife and he's like, "Yep." He does that to me and it scares the <laughs> shit out of me. Like I'll turn around, he'll just be there. You know what? I, at least it's that, and he hasn't discovered like scary movie, and you get the the parody version. Oh, where yeah, where he's baked, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So at least you've got that going for you. I do, no, I do. We've got uh, father son vampire costumes for tomorrow, so that'll be fun. Yeah. I, I wanted to do vampires. Uh, I've wanted to do Harry Potter in the past. Uh, I I feel like I would make a, um, I, I would do very well as uh, as any one of any one of the uh, larger characters. I wanted to be Dumbledore at one point, but I'm very, I'm very heavy, you know. But I I, I would love to pay some tribute to Robbie Coltrane uh, at some point. But my oh, kids, yeah. my kids won't. Um, won't do that for me they won't indulge me um lily's not going to out to halloween this year oh yeah, too cool so, for it now yeah she is she is you know what she's not too cool for though wicked spursy wicked spursy she's not well she, <laughs> she, she she can't listen to her dad talk like this um <laughs> ever um she's not too cool for uh watching tottenham hotspur with her dad well there's something that that is something. Uh, I, I think that uh, that Ange Ball and possibly Mickey Vandeven has uh, caught her eye. <laughs> ah, she's a big Mickey fan. Oh, she wants a she wants a shirt. She hasn't decided yet what she wants for uh, for a number on the back of it. But I could steer her toward toward Mickey Vandeven. Excellent. I think I've decided because I don't really like any of the options this year. Nothing's really, you know, exciting for me except. I love that sky blue goalkeeper kit. And man, oh. if if I'm ever getting a keeper at this point, Vicario's a really solid option. Dude, uh yeah. I do we want to talk about Vicario like right now? Because I don't know if we did give him enough credit last week. That dude um is outrageous. Dude, his reaction is insane. I don't know that I don't know that like getting this guy so I, I you did did you read that thing um that Ange had but was talking about um it was vicario or another guy um, oh yeah the um the person who just wanted to get out of their club the yeah unnamed. yeah 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 obviously i mean we know who that is right yeah right yeah 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 nobody wants to nobody wants to play at brentford for the rest of their career so i mean you look at that and another victory for the, the man they call Ange Postacoglu, right? I mean, he takes a guy at the at the risk of it being not the right guy, um, at the risk of it being a guy who um, did has never played in the Premier League, um, 
and has had two stellar, well, pretty stellar seasons at a, at a shit club, like at the risk of all of that, he says, I'd rather the guy who wants, who, you know, who said that he would, he would bleed for this club that he would, what did he yeah, say? He, he would said, sign his contract in blood and walk from Italy or something. Yes. Yeah. 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 He was all in on Spurs. Right. So, I mean, like that type of a guy, it's the same type of a thing. Like, I mean, you know, Vicario is a little crazier and, you know, he would sign his contract in blood. Uh, Madison is the same type of thing. Madison said, you know, uh, I could just see myself playing for that club. Like, so obviously Vicario wanted to play for Spurs. And you want the guy who wants to play for you, not the guy who just seems like he wants out of his club. And he maybe he thinks he's bigger and better than the club. And now we're finding that 50% of Arsenal fans do not want him as their keeper. Really? There's there some of the polls I saw some there's like two different polls that I saw. They're just like, you know, those stupid online polls, but like. And obviously there's always going to be naysayers and there's always going to be people from other clubs that are voting on these, you know, but like, it, it seems like it's about 50% of, of people just would rather have gone with Ramsdale And you know, some of it might be racism. Some of it might be, you know, other shit. Um, Look, not for nothing. Ramsdale is a good keeper. I mean, I, I don't like if, if they had any position that they needed to reinforce, I don't know that spending what 40 million on a goalkeeper was it yeah but again if they want to burn their money and cause chaos in the locker room then fucking go for it right like sure. i don't care yeah. <laughs> Fine, fuck that man um but that said yeah vicario vicario uh it's just like i said another victory for spurs on on and for Ange Postacoglu and for the fans really um getting a guy with good character and and, and getting a guy who wants to be here you know but i mean not just that not just that like if you look at the game right versus crystal palace you know the thing that really excited me about him was when var goofed and awarded uh the goal anyway despite the fact that it was a clear handball like <clears throat> everybody was saying it was a handball you know you even had uh, uh people at the stadium when it was shown on the screen in front of the tens of thousands of people there going yeah that's a handball it's getting pulled back um you know, Vicari was like, he was, it, he wasn't so much incensed that the goal was given. It was more that, uh, you know, he lost his clean sheet and, uh, you know, cause he works hard for that stuff. And you hear all the, the defenders talking about, uh, you know, how he's the sort of guy who like those things matter to him. He wants to keep the clean sheet. He wants to keep that ball out. And he is like one of those guys who he's got like crazy eyes almost. Right. Like all the time, he's just frantic. Like, if I can do anything to keep this ball from going in that net, I'm going to do it. And some of the acrobatic things that he does is, like, I couldn't imagine even Hugo in his prime pulling off some of those saves. And, and Hugo's done some really great things uh, in his career. That, and maybe that, that's a bit of a disservice to, to Hugo, um, you know, because he has had some spectacular saves throughout the years. But Vicario is, like, you know, for a young goalkeeper – just coming into a new league, uh, you know, like you said, you know, playing for a not really that great team in, in uh, Italy. It's like, I, I'm just super impressed with him. I'm impressed with his professionalism. I'm impressed with his skills, his reaction. 
And yes, he does have the uh, brain dead move from time to time, but you know what? He always rushes back. He always gets himself back in position and he's just giving these guys the crazy eyes to, you know, keep that ball far away from his net. That you know what that you know what that does though, and it, and it's something you didn't see Hugo do, do a lot too. Is like he like you were saying he's constantly talking, he's constantly giving direction, he's hustling to get back in in place. Uh, you know he's hustling to get off the ground after after saves. He jumps up, and we we I mean we saw that when the very first time that um we saw highlights of him, and the, the big highlight was what the triple save right against Roma, and uh you know in a world-class finisher like Paula de Paula we the the thing that that does that really does is gives confidence to your defenders right the and, and especially a, a a young defender like like Mickey is you know Mickey's 20 something years old right 20 years 22 old. yeah 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 so it um and you know even a doggy back there and Pedro Poro like we have a very very young back line um that could potentially be there for a long long time and 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 i think that like the stuff that you see coming out of vicario is from you know that's a that's a keeper that's had years and years and years of service like that you don't see guys that act like that when they're that young he's a young keeper man um and hopefully we can keep this group together for a long long time you know the other thing is is like you need other guys though that you, can... you know, it's funny that we talk about him as a young keeper because I did have to look up his age. He's 27, which is crazy to think about. Like, yeah, he's young. When I, I mean, who have we had before? Hugo, who's what, like 34? Fraser Forrester, who's in his mid 30s as well. Yeah, so, but... yeah, relative to that, sure, they're young, but well, he he's young, but I think the thing is, is that like, you know, how old was Hugo when he won his first World Cup? He was probably the same age right possibly maybe maybe younger um but i don't think yugo has ever had the ability to play the ball the way he does at his feet and we didn't even know that was great that was a, a good part of his game a decent part of his game um what you had with yugo too is like you had world-class defenders in front of him who were proven world-class defenders right they came from they came from uh, Ajax, right? And they came from the Ajax Academy and and they, like Jan and Toby, they, they were world-class defenders when they came to us already and there were known quantities. Um, well, maybe not as known quantities, but like... They were, you know, on the radar. They were sure. definitely there and, and nobody knew that Van de Ven, nobody knew that Van de Ven was going to be this good. Yeah, it's funny when you look back, even a couple of months, uh, people on social saying, oh, he's just going to, he, you know, he's a good backup. He's going to be a good backup. And it's like, no, 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 no. How wrong you are. He is going to start and he is going to excel. And, and, and that's because, I again, going back to Andrew, I think he gives gives these guys confidence to do what they do. Um, yeah. Speaking of confidence, let's talk more about the, the Palace game because there's some interesting... Uh, there's some interesting things that that we could <clears throat> mention. Uh, you know, I'm just looking at the stats for the game, and uh, they do not look good for Spurs, to be honest. They do not look like what you would expect, given that we won that game two to one. We had one shot on target. We yeah, that's right. We won the game two to one. We had one shot on target. Own goal. Own goal. Coming in clutch. Um, 
But you know what? We didn't need to do anything. Crystal Palace made it really easy for us to just not really do much. Uh, you know, for the pa- for the last, what, 20 out of 30 minutes of the game, like the last five, well, probably the last five minutes uh, of extra got time. Frantic got a little, goal, yeah. got a little frantic. Uh, you know, we, we were approaching a tight butthole moments a, a couple of times and it was the first time I felt that all season, but I was never really that, that worried um, that we were going to concede because of their, our set piece defense has been pretty good. And again, it's it's the confidence of the keeper to come out and punch that ball away at the end, you know. Um, it's it's the confidence of of somebody like Romero, who uh, in his own 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 right is crazy, to to actually have a ball fall at his feet and instead of just hoofing it out to play the ball out to somebody. Uh, I think he played it out to Sar. Um, you know, I mean, it's just it's it's kind of it's kind of weird to see this Spurs team. Um, excelling despite not having that statistical edge obviously we had the the edge in um in time of possession which um i love and i think is a great metric um we're not outperforming our xg which you would think that we would be um but you know there's there are a lot of things in this game to break down that tell you that like maybe we didn't play our best game and maybe that's the kind of the trend but it's it's i don't think it is the trend i but think we that won. but we won that's the thing is that like in the past maybe we wouldn't have won but i don't i don't like saying like in the past we wouldn't have won because because you can't compare this team to any other team that we've had but what i really loved um about this game is that every single person on the field was involved you know absolutely and, and we played we played a game like we as Spurs played a game where where you would think that you you know it's against a team that you're not gonna that that you can't break down. You know, these are the teams, the teams that are gonna sit back and let us come to them. Those are the teams that that you have to figure out a way to break down. They're gonna be tougher, especially at home. Um, granted, they didn't have any guys to to really press, you know, Elisa and Eze are they or, really weren't like but well, there was like, I saw this crazy metric that like Romero by himself completed more passes than the entire Crystal Palace team or some something ridiculous like that. Well, that's because of the last 15, 20 minutes of the game. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, there was that period where he was hit Mickey and uh Vicario were just passing to each other in a triangle, nobody was pressing them, and they're like, Well all right, we're just going to keep doing this then. I mean, you, you guys need the ball more than, uh, more than yeah, you need and, to and, get and you know, the field. At that, at that point, like uh, Crystal Palace too, like the fans were like, I don't know that they were booing Spurs at that point. I think they were booing their own team for not attacking them and not pressing them. I think them. you're right. You know? Absolutely. Um, and that kind of play actually allowed us to score that that second goal, which was one of the most beautiful, beautifully played uh you know, runs a play I've seen in years at Tottenham. In years at Tottenham. Yeah, um, let's break that. Let's break that one down. Because that involved what one, two, three, four different players from uh, that initial cross all the way to the ball hitting the back. Yeah, I mean, even from like uh, Romero's play out to to, to Sar, right? Yeah, or was it poor? It was Poro, maybe. Um, but still, we like that's that's the hallmark of this is the play out of the back. Um, 
and uh, you know you, you, I wanna, you I think it, you're, you're gonna play through the middle we can talk about sorry because um that I, I honestly don't think that was his best pass of the game um I no, think, but I think it was kind of a balloon pass that that should have possibly been intercepted but the, the way that Brennan Johnson just was able to run underneath it like I didn't know that ball was ever going to fucking come down and then to play the header the way he did was just fucking outrageous oh absolutely and, and, and then get back into play to come in and and get the assist on that goal like that was one of the most beautiful just runs of play that i've that i've seen out of spurs in years absolutely 100 percent um and you're you're spot on the thing that i i really want to stress about what you said is that he got himself back into play because how many times have you seen players not just on spurs but in other teams throughout the league they will flick on a ball like that and that's like their contribution they just stop moving right and he, he jumped back into play yeah uh, they're constantly moving the whole team everybody just because they don't have the ball they're moving around they're finding space they're making runs they're looking where gaps are and shifting accordingly it's just it is beautiful to watch i think so in particular like you know i i, <clears throat> I wish i had mentioned it last week because now i feel like i'm just copying everybody but uh he he's no, one yeah. of those just quietly performing guys in the midfield right like yeah he's got some inexperience in him yeah he does do the odd like little goof or you know he tries something that's maybe a bit beyond his skill level and it doesn't come off but uh you know the things that he does really well you just don't notice because you're not supposed to notice them you know he breaks up the play he you know positions himself in a way that closes down a lane so it forces them to go in towards like a madison or a or uh, Pedro Porro or something. He's just, you know, a, again, another young kid coming from a team that uh, I believe got relegated out of France last year. It would have been easy for us to, you know, kind of chalk him up to like, oh, you know, he's just going to tank our midfield. It's not going to be good. But he has stepped in and just quietly asserted himself. He's not getting the same sort of plaudits that like a Basuma and a Madison are getting, but he's he's deserving of his, his space in midfield. And honestly, like with Benton Kerr finally coming back. And I do think Benton Kerr probably steps in for Shar, uh, if he hits his peak fitness, same levels that we saw before the injury, but Sar being able to rotate in amongst, uh, amongst Benton Kerr amongst Basuma is just like such a luxury that I don't think we've had in so long. Like that is midfield depth at its peak. Yeah, I, I think that the thing about Sar that I that I really love, and I think you pointed to it a little bit, was that he's uh, he's super understated. Uh, he's not he's not out there looking for, you know, that that he's not looking for, for all the plaudits. He's not out there trying to be the best player on the field at all times. And and he's not a showy guy. He's not a hey look at me guy. He does little things well. Um, that typically don't get recognized. He plays a lot of really nice passes. Um, he's young and inexperienced. And I think that the rotation he's going to end up getting with Bentenker once Bentenker gets up to, um, gets up to, you know, pace and gets up to fitness. Um, I think that, I think that it's going to be invaluable. Uh, Spurs, Spurs, um, you know, for so many years, I've had s such a lack of depth in the midfield. Um, 
if we could just get Lo Celso firing a little bit to get him on the field in, in, you know, maybe, maybe this Spurs world, I think I said it before the Spurs world is maybe not right for Lo Celso. Um, I think that we're going to have to just like stick with him and try and work with him the best we can, because he's going to be needed because we're going to have times where Madison just needs to fucking rest, you know? Um, yeah. We, you know, I know we're not in Europe right now, but we are right now we're playing a stretch of Friday or Monday, Friday, Monday games. Right. Um, and it's as it's as if you're playing in, 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 in Europe, you know, it's as if you're, you're not obviously not having to travel to fucking in the to Belarus or whatever in the fucking conference in the conference league or something like that. But like these guys are still out there and they're still putting in the work and, and, and I'm sure there's no, uh, there's no let off when it comes to training either. I mean, the, the training videos that we see are the nice things that happen at training. Right. Um, we don't see all the coaching and the tactical stuff and, and the fitness stuff that they do, you know, every once in a while we'll see them like fucking around on their exercise bikes. Right. You know? Yeah, pretty much. It's, it, yeah, it's, it's basically, uh, it's basically, who is it? Who's, who fucks with Richarlison all the time? Is it Sire who fucks with Richarlison? I'm sure. I feel sure, like Richarlison's always like batting him away. Like, <laughs> um, you know, I think I think that this midfield is going to be good. Uh, is going to be good to go. And I think we just we need one more guy in the midfield. We need one more attacker, and we need one more defender. Um, in the window, in the January window. The thing is, like, where are you going to find a defender who's going to want to come and? be third choice and be a rotational guy and um where are you going to find an attacker you know a good attacker or a good creative midfielder who's going to want to come in and sit behind a madison the 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 thing that you have to sell them is you have to sell them tottenham hotspurs going somewhere in the future um absolutely and speaking of future um brennan johnson holy shit dude like we talked about it a little bit with the goal but like you have to, you know, what what blows my mind about him is, you know, even coming off of an injury and like trying to work his way back into it. This dude is, he's he's electric. He just he adds another level to us that I don't think we've really had before. You know, not knocking Richarlison, who actually, you know, he, he's shown some moments of real solid effort, real good work uh, in these last few games. You know, his assists, his, uh, you know, maybe his goals aren't really there, but he's at least getting some assists. But Brennan Johnson coming on and immediately, you know, he's got the assist. He's got another, um, you know, uh, uh, important pass or, or through ball or something that, you know, he's just getting involved in such short periods and this dude is, he's hungry. He is hungry for it. And that hunger, I think, you know, you could say the same thing about just about every single person on that field. They're hungry for that ball. They want it. it you know, it's it's such a beautiful thing to see. You know, there's that, that passion in there. You see, you know, even after the goal was conceded, you got Romero and Vicario, like, you know, screaming, not, not yelling at each other, but like amping each other up, getting each other back in the game. They know they need to finish things off, but uh, it was for me, it was incredible to see Brennan Johnson in such a short time just come in there and just be a game changer. Fuck yeah, dude. Like you can you can legit, you can legit go out and get guys from lower level teams that are 
even just good players on the team. They don't have to be the best players on their team. Um, you know, case in point is Brennan Johnson at, at Nottingham Forest. Um, you have Mickey Van de Ven, you know, coming out of Wolfsburg. And obviously they're not the best players on their team, but they're they're really good players on their team on their in their lower level teams, right? Um, not to dig out Wolfsburg, but like you play in a farmer's league. Um the Bayern Munich League. The Bayern Munich League, where there is no defense, so you can always look good being a great a, a defender in 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 Italy and in, in in fucking in Germany. So like, but you don't have to have the hundred million dollar player every fucking time. Is it is it nice to go out and get a Vinny Junior? Fucking yeah, it is. You know, is it is it nice to go out and get a Jude Bellingham? Yeah, fucking great, it is. Sure it is. Why not? But you don't have to have those guys. You can have guys like, you know, James Madison, who was not looked upon by any fucking one um, in the world, obviously. Otherwise, he would have been swept up or we would have had to way overpay to get him. You know, you can get those Brennan Johnsons. You can get you can get guys like like Mickey Van de Ven. It's it's. It's a destiny of Dogie, you know, like we got all these guys basically for free and not, I wouldn't say for free because, you know, I mean, when you consider, when you consider the spending of some of our rivals, it, it does feel like we, we did fucking, it doesn't somebody. always work just yeah Well, yeah, but it doesn't, uh, my point is it doesn't always fucking work when you're trying to, when you're trying to go out there and build a team of superstars, look at Chelsea. Absolutely. And you know but what? The other- the thing is the other is that... thing that's interesting to me, and, and this goes back to Ange's philosophy, right? Like you he had an interview, we've talked about it before. I'm gonna bring it back up because it's such an important way that Spurs are setting themselves up for now in the future. You know, he he mm-hmm. makes this comment. Um, you know, the scout brings him, you know, five or six players, and yeah, they're all gonna be good players because the scout has scouted them, they've done their work, they they know that it comes down to the person, right? This is the Vicario coming over Rhea. This is, you know, what we're seeing with with your Brennan Johnson, with your James Madison, with your, hell, it was before Ange, but even Sar coming in. Uh, yeah, we signed him pre-Ange, but, you know, Ange is the one who put Sar in. He put Destiny in. Um, you know, they didn't need to go back out. It, he, he listens to what type of person it is and goes for that. And I think we're going to see a lot of that as uh, we get a couple more of these transfer windows under Ange's belt. We're going to see a lot of players coming in who, you know, we might scratch our heads thinking, well, why did we get that guy? You know, what, what's the deal? Um, you know, I'm sure some people will be outraged. How come we got so-and-so instead of this big name player? And then we're going to consistently eat our words because those guys that are going to come in that want to play for Spurs, that want to play for Ange, they're going to have that same hungry look, that same craziness in their eyes where they will lay down and put their body on the line for Spurs week after week after week. And it's going to be a marvelous thing. It's going to be. And, you know, no question, no question at all. Uh, I, I I think that, like, we're top of the table now. Uh is it going to last? Probably not. Probably not. But like, you know what? I, I'm sick and tired of hearing hearing people saying, y- you know, you guys are celebrating like you already won the league. Fucking right we are. Yeah, have you seen us play last season? I mean, come on. Fucking right we are. You know what? Have you seen us play the last, like, three seasons? Sure, we made it to the Champions League. 
um that was kind of maybe that wasn't that was kind of fluky like a lot of the fans said i don't think this is a fluke steve i i, I like let us fucking feel good about our club and let us feel good about our team you know we don't sit there and tell fucking city plastic city fans you're not allowed to feel good about your team we don't sit here and tell fucking liverpool fans you're not allowed to feel good you know yeah you know what we we say that about west ham because their fans are fucking terrible we say that about fucking chelsea because their fans are intolerable we say that you know i didn't even say that about chelsea when they won the champions league good on you because because you guys did something that that how many other teams couldn't do you outlasted them you outplayed them sure but don't sit here and tell us we're not allowed to fucking have fun with this that we're not allowed to enjoy being top of the table right now because you know what fuck you that's what i say i'm gonna enjoy the shit out of this why not us steve why not us absolutely and and frankly you're right like does it last probably not but you know what I'm good with that, right? I think every Spurs fan coming into the season was not expecting us to be performing at the level that we are. I think that if we do get our find ourselves up against the wall, we we you know hit a roadblock, we take a loss, take another loss. I think with what we're seeing from the players and what we're seeing from from the staff, the coach, the in organization as a whole, they've bought themselves a lot more grace than they had last year. But there is one thing you said that I I need to asterisk because you said no question about it. And there is actually one question, Mike. What's that? And that question is this. Hey, Mike, Ah. what you drinking? Ah, fuck. You got me. (laughs) (laughs) You actually got me this time. Um, Well, Well, here's the thing, Mike. Here's the thing. Well, Steve, <laughs> without um, Dave uh, prompting me, I had to look for a way to organically bring it into the conversation. It's um, funny that you ask. Um, oh, it's funny, is it? Funny it is... how? <laughs> funny, haha. Um, like I'm a clown. Like, like I amuse you. You. <laughs> you went all Joe Pesci on me. Um. <laughs> so today, Steve, um, I was gonna do uh one of one of the beers i i got from scotland um but dave wanted me to do one of those uh specifically uh and dave couldn't be with us today you know he's out on uh on injury break he's uh at home rehabbing yeah with Um, the physio he's you know on the table getting his massage or whatever yeah the rubbing rubbing his leg on that round fucking thing that they oh yeah the the foam roller is it yeah 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 those things (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um just today him out in his like garage sauna just with a towel placed over him just relaxing that, know, nice, TV, that nice tv he's got mounted in the garage now in the, <laughs> in, in the little the fire table fire the, pit. he's got a fucking fire table in the garage <laughs> oh, i love it um so this is brewed uh i, I think we've done one from this company before, but this is Liambru Ale Company. They used to be called Liambru Tasty. Um, Liambru Ale, interesting. Vermont, did it say? I've never uh, heard yeah, of that. Proctor, Vermont. Um, literally, I, this place is literally like eight minutes from where I grew up, ah. or where I lived when I I lived at when I I moved to Pittsburgh when I was twelve. Um, but this is a it's in Proctor, Vermont. It's located at the old Vermont Marble. Um, 
which my grandfather worked at since he was like a child. Um, and my father worked there when he was a child, uh, you know, in the marble quarries, um, in the processing area. So this is where this brewery is in Proctor, Vermont. Um, this beer is a Pilsner. We're going with a Pilsner um, tonight. And it's called Leaf Apocalypse. And I think it's, I think it's very, uh, very fitting for uh, what's going on outside right now. I'm, our I trees, our trees have lost all of their leaves, and it is the leaf apocalypse. It's got an angry looking leaf on there. It's a yes. pretty cool can art. I mean, it's pretty basic, but it's pretty cool. Five percent alcohol, one pint. It says, uh, "The time has come. Leaf apocalypse is upon us. Dirty leaf, carefully evading its enemies, declares." No rake will take me as he plans his next move floating and flying through the air. A strong gusty wind blows and the ground comes near. Checkmate. <laughs> All right. I, I'm, I'm into it already. Let's, let's see what it's like. I'm going to pour it into my, uh, my grandfather's old Pilsner glass. And I have a whole set of these that were his. Excellent. Excellent. Look at that pour. Oh boy. This is, this is fucking yummy looking. This is like a 10 ounce Pilsner glass. Not a big one. Little guy. Oh, yeah. Nice and clear. You put like a Peroni in this, right? Like an Italian style. Um, yeah, this is super clear. It's super, super fizzy. Um, straight off the top, like eh, one or two finger head, depending on how I poured it. Oh, it smells really fucking good. Um uh, I expect this to be crisp like a uh, newly fallen leaf, dead leaf. It kind of looks that way. I mean, oh, you know, I can't so... smell it. I can't taste it. I've got nothing to go on. But just looking at it, it it looks refreshing. It looks like something that I would want to take out on the porch and drink as the leaves fall down. Uh, you would. You, uh, you would really like this. It's got like a... You know, you drink like an American Pilsner, like a... Like a macro brewed, macro brewed, macro brewed pilsner, you drink one of those, and you know it's you know you're gonna get basically the same taste out of like a fucking Coors or a Budweiser or a Miller or whatever. Yep. And then you drink some of these uh, pilsners that are that are like craft brew pilsners. And they have a completely different taste. This kind of is like in between them. You know, it, it's got like the bitter, the bitterness of that craft style brew, but it's got the sweetness of that macro brew. It's fizzy. Um, I really like this and I'm going to go buy more. Um, it's really, really fizzy. Um, and it's really, really light. I really, really like this. I'm, I'm going to buy more. It is. I mean, it is like a perfect color. It smells great, dude. Like. There are some of those craft pilsners that you just can't drink because they're, I don't know what it is. It's like, they don't it's use like the you hops. try too hard. Yeah, you're trying too hard. Yeah. Maybe they just didn't try real hard. They just said, fuck it. We're going to go for it. Let's do it. Yeah, let's just do it. All right. I've got, I've got my guessing. Okay. I don't know who you sent it to, but. I, I have no, well, I haven't, I can't send it to anybody, but I'm going to hit enter the same time. That you start to talk so that we know I'm not cheating. Okay, so I'm going to give this rating um, 
a 4.0. Oh, oh, damn, that, was <laughs> that was fucking close. So close. <clears throat> I went with the 3.8. 3.8. That was close. Yeah, that was close. Um, Dude, this beer is so goddamn good, and I'm so glad the brewery is so close to my parents' house, um, so close to where I grew up. Um, yeah, now you have an excuse to go visit. It's folks, not. Right? It's not the Burlington. It's not the Bennington. It's not the. You know, it's not one of the bigger towns. It's a little tiny town called Proctor, Vermont. Of course, you know, founded and named for by you know, John Proctor, who was a giant piece of shit. Um, he was basically the, the Donald Trump of his day. But <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, was he indicted too? Those poor, those poor, those poor <laughs> bastards. Those poor bastards in that town don't get a choice. Um. I I know I love I love Proctor. I grew up hanging out there. Um one of my best friends lives there. Uh, he's a Wolves guy, but that's he doesn't live there. He's from there, but um anyway, uh yeah, Leaf Apocalypse, a Crispy Pilsner. And what about a song? Oh, a song. Let's yes. Oh, he's going in for another drink to really get the uh the music flowing. You know what? Let's do it. Black Sabbath, Sweet Leaf. Really interesting, interesting choice. I, I worked, I worked Leaf in there. Well, worked, yeah, yeah. If if I were Dave, but it's like the, it's if if it were if you were Dave, you would think that I had I had picked it out, predetermined it, predetermined. But I did not. Um, I initially thought ACDC's Dirty Deeds, but this this does feel like rock and roll. It just it, it just feels like. But it's got that like it's the sweetness of the beer, and it. And it I understand what sweet leaf uh, refers to, but, um, you know, I had to work leaf in there somehow, and I like the sweetness, the crispness of the the crispness of the beer, and that's uh that's where I'm going, sweet leaf. Um, that works. That works. So one time, one more time, Mike, for uh for Dave in particular, who's gonna have to you know, give the, the credit where it's due. What is the brewery? What is the beer? It's a 4.0. Liam Brew uh, Ale Company, L-I-A-M-B-R-U Ale Company. Uh, it's out of Proctor, Vermont. Uh, it's called Leaf Apocalypse, a crispy pilsner. Leaf Apocalypse. Did that one for you, Dave. Well, we didn't do it for you because we're saving the Scottish uh, beer for you. But That's uh, true. You know, working our way through this, we 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 still got you in the back of our minds. Sometimes in the front, uh, you're in there under my want to be under my shoes, stuck to the bottom of it. <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> uh, so, if I were Dave right now, I would be saying, "Let's look ahead. What do we What do we got coming?" Uh, I, I've got the schedule up. Our next <sighs> game is another weekday game, which to be oh, honest, I'm kind of sick of. Uh, We've got Chelsea at home. Chelsea at home on Monday, November 6th, so one week from today. How do we feel about that? Uh, let's see. Who do I want to go to? I think I'll go to Mike this time. Oh, perfect. Uh, because I have some particular things to say about this. Um, fuck you, Chelsea. Fuck off, Chelsea. <laughs> uh, stop calling yourself the blues. You sound stupid. Um, Sounds like an Elton John. But in all seriousness, Chelsea's lost, man. Um, I think I, I honestly think the Premier League is better. It's more fun to go in these matches when Chelsea's like really good. 
Um, you feel like you you sh- you you can compete with them. I just feel like that we're too good for this team and we're too good for the way that they're going to play. Um, I think that the, when you're playing teams like like a Sheffield United, a, a team like um, a Crystal Palace that, you know, Roy Hodgson is a fucking genius um, it, it, when preparing his teams uh, for games. Especially- Look, I, I, I texted you. I'm going to say it for all the world to hear. Because it needs to be said, Roy Hodgson looks like the Penguin, like Batman's nemesis, the Penguin. It, it, like the Burgess I, I Meredith can't get version. Imagery out of my head. Like the Burgess Meredith version. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's all I can picture. But they were showing him on the sideline at like that three-quarter profile, and he had his little crooked nose there, and he's looking yeah. all, you know, kind of small and squirrely. It's like, you wanted him to be wearing a top hat, didn't you? I really do. <laughs> you know, I have expected Batman to come swooping into the stadium and arrest him for something. He did. His name was Ange Postacoglu. <laughs> <laughs> the new Batman. The new Batman. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Chelsea, Chelsea, Chelsea. So, yeah, like, so, like I, I think Hodgson had a great game plan, game plan but I don't think Pochettino is – he's not one of those managers who likes to change the way he plays. He begrudgingly did it at the end of his at the end of his tenure with, with Spurs. But, like, how many times did he trot out that fucking false nine or the fucking diamond, like, at the end of his tenure? Like, how many times was he was he just refusing to, to, to play in a way that's going to preserve any kind of a Champions League spot or any kind of a – try and preserve his career there. Like, I just don't think he's the type of guy who will change the way he plays. Sure. He might throw some different players in there, but like, you know, Connor Gallagher has been playing actually really well. Um, I, I like to watch. I love watching him play. No wonder we were obviously linked with him and, and maybe still are. He's going to cost a lot more money now that he's playing well and he's captaining the team. But like, you you can't just go out there and buy and I and I've said this before and I and I think I said it earlier in the podcast you can't just go out there and buy guys because they're the best player on their team in big leagues you can um, in big teams in big leagues you can't you just can't do that that's not how the world works it might work in baseball you know that shit might work in baseball it does not work in world soccer you need players who are able to suit each other's playing styles you need players who who can work together and instead you have a bunch of fucking individuals out there um mudrick is dude that guy would rather fucking make love to his own face than 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 play than play football with a bunch of other guys on a team um you know he's too fucking pretty out there um tiago silva is a thousand years old like these guys, just because they're the best players and, and you paid a bunch of money for them, doesn't mean they're going to win you championships. Look at the Yankees. The Yankees haven't won fucking shit since 2000. Like, the, okay, they won one in 2009 and they bought that championship, but... <clears throat> not sustainable. <laughs> it's not sustainable. And it's not good for the short term. It's not good for the short term and it's not good for the long term. They're going to find themselves in some serious financial straits. And I, I honestly think if they're going to come out and try and play 
uh, the way that Pochettino plays, I think they're going to get fucking destroyed. This team, this Tottenham team is built to play against teams that want to play wide open, that want to press. Uh, and Pochettino, we know that he just loves to fucking press. Problem is his players don't want to play for him because he's a fucking, he's a commandant, right? He doesn't accept anybody straying from, from the way he wants to play. And while it may be attacking, while it may be kind of free-flowing, if you have a bunch of overpaid fucking childish millionaires, guess what? They're not going to play for you. They're not going to play together. And I think that Chelsea's... I, I, I'm hoping that this plays right into our type of... Angie's type of system, and Chelsea gets found out. It's harder to play against those Sheffield Uniteds. It's harder to play against those teams like like Crystal Palace, um, teams like Fulham who are who are built to defend and who are built to stop you from scoring because they put, you know, eight, nine, ten guys behind the ball and they won't press you. They're going to let you try and play and they're going to try and make you play against against your will like Fulham did, trying to make us play to, to the outsides when they know that we want to play through the middle. It's it, Chelsea's just going to... Chelsea is going to go out there and play wide open, like the way that they want to play. And they're either going to, they're either going to narrowly defeat us or draw with us, or they're going to get, they're going to fucking fuck around and find out. And I hope they do because I cannot wait to sit in my house. And every time they show Maurizio Pochettino, boo the fuck out of this entire town of Georgia. They're going to hear me. <laughs> Excellent. You know, it's it's interesting looking at, uh, you know, kind of the the not the on the field uh, expectations for the game, but rather the sideline expectation, right? All the cameras, all the commentary is going to be about Pochettino's return to Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. They're all going to be looking at him like that's the narrative that you're going to hear a, the commentators talking about it nonstop pregame postgame it's all going to be about Pochettino and honestly I think that kind of works in Spurs favor uh because you know we we've experienced this quite a lot this season where nobody wants to really give Spurs the credit that I think we're due you know there are some guys out there like Jamie Carragher you know for what it's worth, it has been a little quicker to jump on the, you know what, Spurs are actually pretty damn good train. Gary Neville's just, you know, incompetent, uh, complete fucking <laughs> idiot. Um, what but a, like Tim Howard is for whatever reason, like anti-Spurs. Gary yeah, Neville, I, I just, like in that Beckham documentary, Gary Neville got me on his side for like a split second. Then I remembered who the fuck he was. And I was like, yeah, you're a fucking piece of shit anyway. I think my my favorite uh, my favorite thing about Gary Neville right now is the interview that he had with Ange Postacoglu after I, I think it was after the Palace game uh, where you know JB Carragher had made that comment like oh because you're just copying Pep right and Gary Neville goes yeah I tried copying Pep too and Ange, Ange looks at him and goes yeah how'd that work for you <laughs> Gary Neville who famously got fired for being such a shit manager. You fucking mutt. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the, all the attention is going to be on Pochettino, right? Like Spurs, uh, they're 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 not in the limelight for this, which is kind of weird, right? It's a home game against Chelsea, we're top of the table. You would think a lot of uh, 
a lot of attention will be made on Ange and how he's got the team playing and all that. But I, I do anticipate most of the narrative is going to surround Pochettino and, and what he can or cannot do and, 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 on his return. And I, I think that I, I think that Ange likes that. Oh, he absolutely does. He doesn't want to love be it. in the limelight. <laughs> no, no, he's gonna quietly. He's going to quietly prepare for this. They're going to ask some stupid fucking questions in his in his pregame presser, and uh, and he's going to fucking swat it away cleverly like he always fucking does. But you, you know what? Like I'm looking at uh, you know the the last couple of uh, you know attacking formations that Chelsea have thrown out there. Uh, you know, in my opinion, they just don't have the consistency or the experience to cope with Spurs' defense the way it stands right now. Um, I think Romero and Mickey have got, you know, Jackson, Medwecki, Sterling, Palmer, like they, they're just going to gobble them up. I, I have absolutely no concern about that. It's the defensive side of things where I think things will get a little bit interesting because despite being about 80 billion years old, Tiago Silva still somehow manages to show up and have a solid defensive outing when we play. Um so the question is going to be, you know, what's going to cave first? Is it going to be Chelsea's defense or is it going to be Spurs' defense? And I think one of these attacking sides, Spurs, is going to have way more opportunity to break open the other side's defense because we just have players who are firing on all cylinders right now in a way that Chelsea's players are not. We are working for each other. We're working together together. You know, uh, it doesn't matter who's up there. It could be Sun. It could be Madison. It could be Pedro fucking Poro. You know, I could be up there. The way the team's playing right now, they would figure out a way to get <clears> me involved. Uh, I just, I don't see that that level of chemistry with Chelsea right now. I watched their game against Brentford where they lost uh, to nothing at home. Um, they're just not a team that really scares me. You know, they might have, you know, a five or 10 minute stretch here and there where they look like they could be threatening. They look like they're going to be pushing and, and, and applying some pressure, but it, it's not something that's going to be consistent. It's not something that they can rely on. If they are unable to get that first goal, they are going to struggle immensely. If Spurs score first, Chelsea have to open up. And that is going to be an incredibly dangerous thing for them. I don't know that the, that's pretty much what they have to do, right? You need Chelsea to win this game, need to score in the first 15 minutes or else they're fucked. Because uh, I just, I don't see them. If Spurs get in the groove, if Spurs get the rhythm and they're allowed to dictate the game and it's at home for us. So we've got the home field advantage. You know, we've got the supporters on our side. If Chelsea can't undo that quickly, they're just fucked. They were not going to be able to keep up with Spurs. I, I, you know, I, I don't see us losing this game. That said, you know, it would be pretty fucking Spursy of us to lose this game. We're not uh, Spursy anymore. We're not Spursy anymore. Or we are. We're, this is we Ange, are. We're we're new Spursy. This is motherfucking Ange Postacoglu ball. And I, 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 you know, of all the games we have coming up, next four games we've got what Chelsea, Wolves, Villa, and City. This is probably the one that I'm least concerned about. Um, you know what, dude? To tell you the truth. Um, the the way that I feel about this game, I, I mean, I I know I've already said it once or twice. Um, uh, just so you know, uh, my daughter's uh, putting a, a Swifty bracelet on me right now. Um, oh yeah, T Swift. <laughs> um, the the thing the thing that I 
that I really, really just want to see out of this game is I want to see Spurs um, play play attacking football. I want to see them having fun doing it. But I also want to see a little bit of passion. Um, and, and it's not just passion for the badge. It's passion. It's passion for the, for the game that they're playing out there. Um, I'll show you guys. There it is. Oh, dad. dad. Fantastic. Dad um, I wonder if we could get Taylor on the uh, podcast, talk a little bit of Spurs. Um, no, I doubt her super boyfriend is, uh, with his super eyebrows, is not a Spurs fan. Um, there is a tight end, though, who is, who's actually on injured reserve right now. His name's uh, Zach Ertz. He is a, a, a Spurs fan um, because uh, Julie is a Spurs fan. Right. So, um, so let's, let's get him, Dave, get on that. When, when you're listening to this and you're, uh, you know, editing and doing all that, Dave, you're on it for yourself. You're on injured reserve right now. So is Zach Ertz. Go get him. Exactly. If you're going to be in the locker room together, if you're going to be doing rehab together, like I assume that you are just, just ask him to come on, man. You know, what's the worst that could happen? Dave, I mean, he is a tight end. So he, he might actually, you know, level dave but uh do you do you do you think that taylor when uh she saw him was like tight end yes please <laughs> <laughs> oh boy <laughs> oh we've gone there we've gone there um so please, please don't come for us swift so when I, I love uh, taylor <laughs> just I, I i actually do love taylor swift but um I just want to say that, like, I, I just want to see passion. I want to see them want to crush this fucking team. Yes. Um, yes, crush him in a way that the Swifties crush anybody who speaks ill of Taylor Swift. Or uh, Travis or Jason Kelsey, for that matter. At this point, yeah. Yeah, fuck the Eagles. Um <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah. Wait, no, we want him on the podcast, though, don't we? No, we want uh, Ertz. we want Ertz on the podcast. Oh, Ertz. Jason Kelsey, I'll, I'll have Jason Kelsey on this podcast anytime. That guy has stories forever. I don't know if you've heard their podcast, but it's great. It uh, is great. Yeah, you know, one podcast host to another. I'm sure he'd be willing to do us a favor, right? Sure. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Absolutely not. Probably not. I'll hold my breath. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you see. That's got to be a recruiting strategy. You know, you get Dave to reach out and say, you know, there's a little boy in the hospital who's just aching to hear you come on Wicked Spursy. I know because I put him there. <laughs> he, held his, he held his breath for 45 minutes. <laughs> I'm just sitting in there like I just want him to come on. <laughs> he deprived his brain of oxygen for too long and now he's on life support. <laughs> all because of you jason and travis kelsey this could have been avoided if you had just come on wicked spursy and talk tottenham hotspur for a little while oh my goofballs. <laughs> well now that we've thoroughly derailed this uh, <laughs> what do you it's think not, uh, it's it not time? our fault it is, is it not that our time fault? for uh for closing thoughts i think it's time for closing thoughts steve <laughs> what do you got for us tonight oh you're gonna make me go first well, <laughs> fine i'll give you a closing thought i'll give you it's, tomorrow's halloween uh, you know, by the time you guys are listening to this, it might actually be today. Uh, happy Halloween, everybody. Um, and for those of you in another country that doesn't actually celebrate Halloween, you should fucking change that because Halloween's just delightful. 
Um, you know, you are depriving yourself of an incredible experience by not celebrating Halloween. You know, start it, make it your thing. Uh, you know, Lord knows Americans have fucking stolen shit from however many other different cultures and called it our own. So you might as well take something from us, right? Um, but for those of you going out there, uh, you know, doing trick or treating, just you know, be safe. You know, I'm sure Mike's going to say that again because uh, it is an important thing, especially this time of year. Uh, wear your reflective uh, vests if you need to. Carry a flashlight. Make sure that you're visible. Um, and I, I can't believe I have to say this, but in this day and age, I, I feel like I need to. Don't go into a stranger's house. And if you're an adult and you're handing out candy, don't invite kids in. That's creepy. Don't do that. But you're know, fucking creeps. I, just just keep it light keep it simple you know have a good time with it um you know if you're one of those curmudgeonly people who don't want people coming to the door and you're just going to have your lights off you know really reconsider your life choices because you know one of one of the biggest things that i enjoy most about halloween is being able to sit on my porch and hand out candy to the kids that come up and get to see you know all their fun costumes and just you know the the light in their eyes and, you and know, the teenagers who have mailed it in well, the world hasn't completely crushed them yet. So like, this is the time of year where you get to experience, you know, that childlike light that uh, so many of us wish we could go back to. So um, I, I hope I hope all you are enjoying your Halloween. Uh, and I, I really hope, uh, you know, if you've got kids and you're going out trick-or-treating with them, I hope they get a good haul. And I hope you're able to sneak a little bit of candy for yourself, mom and dad, or uncle or aunt, or whatever kind of guardian uh, you might be. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to Halloween. That's, there, that's my closing thought. How about you, Mike? That's a great closing thought, Steve. Um, I myself am not a fan of Halloween at all. Um, it's a time of uh, it's a time of uh, terrible expectation. Um, it's a time of of uh, children complaining that they're walking around uh, for miles and miles, getting bags and bags of candy, and you're going. As an adult, you're going. I'm fucking doing this. Why can't you do this? You're <laughs> you're 30 years younger than I'm than I am, and you've gone to three houses and you're already tired and cold. Uh, I did this when I was a kid. You're going to do this now. It's a rite of passage. You're going to fucking do this, and I'm going to drink while you're doing it and walking behind you at a safe distance so that you can still be with your friends and fuck around like you want to. And quite frankly, I'm gonna eat your candy when you're not looking anyway. So that's also true. Um, I should probably like this holiday more than I do, but I think it's the the heavy weight of expectation on the parents with the with the costumes and stuff. You know, uh, you'll start to feel it soon, Steve. Um, I used to love Halloween. I used to love handing out candy, um, and doing all those things that you that you love to do. Um, unfortunately, when I was a kid, um, I I grew up in a, an area where, um. I live down the end of a dirt road. Nobody's coming to my house. We had the neighbor's kids. like, So they're like four kids. And you knew once they showed up, you just turn your light off. Um, and then we moved to Portsmouth, New Hampshire, into like a condo area. And we had shitloads of kids, you know, bags and bags and bags of candy we went through. Same when we moved to Colchester, back to Vermont, bags and bags and bags of candy. And then we decided to move uh, onto a, a back road and uh, another back road. And we're not just on a back road now. We're on the, the end of a cul-de-sac on a back road where nobody comes because there's only three houses. So here's the deal. We, we go out 
and we walk around with our other adult friends following our kids around um having a few drinks um laughing crying um complaining that it's raining complaining that it's 40 degrees outside in vermont on in october uh at the end of october so you know halloween's not my favorite thanksgiving's my favorite uh, Ooh, we'll be talking thanksgiving real soon too we we sure will and uh my turkey hat and turkey shirt are coming out so um and and uh i i, I don't have them yet but i will get my stovetop stuffing pants uh at some point to go with my turkey hat and my turkey shirt so we'll discuss that another time so that's kind of my my final thoughts um i, I think spurs are going to go out there and win uh and it's going to be convincing convincingly three to one um against chelsea on monday and the one goal that we can see is going to be because of a var fuck up right i don't care if it is there you have it folks there you have it so uh with that i guess i'll uh i'll finish off with my signature coys 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 and don't be an asshole and mike what about you uh you know kids uh again like steve said little public service announcement out there it don't go into people's houses it's crazy out there um make sure you have your parents check your candy for needles hypodermic needles and and drugs and uh don't take raisins from strangers boxes of raisins i i i would if you get a box of raisins or any piece of fruit i would suggest that you uh throw it directly onto the ground and run away at high speed um worse if you get like a somebody one year when i was a kid was handing out uh travel size toothpaste that yeah. is a house that you, you know, maybe return to later and maybe you know with some toilet paper and some eggs but uh, that's that's very not that i would too. condone such a thing i'm just saying hypothetically we don't we do not condone condone egging a house or toilet papering any trees um i'm just saying if somebody gave you toothpaste for halloween i would I, understand it yes yes I'll leave I, would, that. I would i would suggest that you don't do it again but good on you <laughs> so as i say that um go out there guys uh, again wear your reflective gear um if you don't have reflective gear go buy a fucking one dollar glow stick to wear around your neck all right um other than that uh parents be safe with your kids out there um and you know as we go into Monday's game, just remember Tottenham Hotspur action. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm.